Good morning and welcome to the Core Connection. I'm Mira Rubin here with you on Enlightened World Network. And today's topic is trust. And we get to dig into see ways in which a deep aligned trust of the universe and and uh, potentially a grander scheme of things is um, something that can actually bring us into greater alignment and expression. So should be an interesting conversation. And before we get started, let's take a minute or two to get present. Let's take a deep breath in through your nose and hold it. And imagine clean, crisp oxygen flooding your lungs, flowing into your bloodstream, nourishing all your cells, all your organs, bringing vital life energy to your body and being. And as you exhale, exhale any tension, stress, negativity, fatigue. And now let's take another deep breath in through your nose and hold it. This time, imagine brilliant bright light lighting you up from the inside out, illuminating, electrifying, and energizing all your cells, all your molecules, all your electrons, creating a brilliant beam of light and energy from your heart out into the world. And as you exhale, exhale any remaining tension, stress, negativity, fatigue. And now let's press our palms together and vigorously rub your hands together to feel the friction, the temperature, the pressure, the motion, and the tickling and tingling when you stop and allow all those sensations to bring you present right here, right now, into this remarkable physical form that enables you to experience life. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're going to talk. Good morning. Good morning, Rosalyn. Welcome. So good to have you here with us this morning. And welcome to everyone else who's joining us. Uh, we're talking today about trust and trusting the unfoldment and the unfolding of the universe. And, um, you know, when we think, when I think about trust, like putting yesterday we were talking about leadership and um you know we put our trust in others um sometimes and not and and in the process of doing so we um we give away our power and our presence and in this notion of trusting the unfoldment of the universe um essentially it's sort of standing back to uh, get a broader view to say that things are unfolding as they are meant to and then when we consider that we get to look at well what does that mean in terms of our call to action so does it mean that we don't act? Does it mean that we become just com uh, accepting, complacent? Good morning, Carolyn. Welcome. How wonderful to have you join us. We're talking about trust today and trusting the universe. And um, I think that that 
it doesn't and when we when we trust let's see so Rosalind says in the not knowing does trust require belief that well I guess we're talking about belief and faith and and I think it is an underlying belief or what I call hypothesis to say that everything is unfolding in its perfection. But that doesn't mean we get to be complacent about just accepting things because part of that unfoldment is our responsiveness. Part of that unfoldment is our engagement and having our own um, role in that unfoldment. And so um, I, when, I, when I think about this whole notion of trust, what I'm what I'm relating it to is to our our deepest urgings, our deepest longings um, that, you know, to trust the 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 dreams that we have to be moving forward in that direction. I it's interesting. Um, I think for me, the case for trusting the universe is something that is retrospective in many ways. Um, that's given me a greater capacity for um, for trusting that things are unfolding. Um, it is a leap of faith, but if, as I look back at my life, and I see these weird twists and turns and interconnections that go back and and um, weave this very intricate tapestry that is moving me in the direction of my deepest passions, like the the calling of my soul for its fulfillment, that you know, these things, events have occurred through life that are leading me in that direction and uh even in you know it's, oh this is so beautiful um i have a client that um i was doing the core connection process with and by the way um i just want to let you know i'm starting a new core connection cohort uh june 5th and I still have, I think, one or two slots left. So if you're interested, uh, you can go check out on my website at yourcoreconnection.com to see what the program is and see if you'd be interested. And if you have already done a bunch of personal development work, um, then schedule a call and uh, we can we can do a session and see if if it's a fit. So um, So Carolyn says, I believe I've lost my white cat Flocky, but I believe she will come home. It's making me, I'm guessing sad, uh, ill. It's making me ill because she's not home. I have got to be positive. 
Well, um, that that's such a challenging situation, Carolyn. You know, when we're talking about trust, right? Um, I I have uh, lost animals in the past. I had a bird, Maggie, who uh, flew away, and I did get her back. So um, one of the things that you can do is get on local um local chats and let people know that you've lost your cat and and make people aware you know reach out to as many kinds of um venues that are local as you can to because that's how maggie came back to me um actually i called the local spc uh, the local um SPCA and the local shelters and someone had brought her in so um I wish you good good luck in retrieving flocky and so this is this is a, a place where we get to look at how trust trusting the universe and its unfolding doesn't mean that everything is going to unfold in the way we would like it to necessarily. And um, that maybe we just don't have a, a bigger a, a bigger vision or the capacity to see all the interweavings and workings of things. And um, it's challenging. It's challenging to be in the face of circumstances that are not um, of our liking, uh, I think that there's merit to finding our center in the space of um, the challenges that present us in life and being alert to making meaning you know we we can be very deeply self-punishing we can make meanings that are um dark and and um we can also make meanings that allow us a space of peace which isn't our normal inclination i think um, Carolyn says, I put her around everywhere to get her home. I pray to the universe to get her back. And so, Carolyn, I suggest to you that maybe you just, you imagine her back, coming back. You know, um, oftentimes in our prayers, I think th that we can tend to reinforce the thing that we're uh, reinforce the lack of the thing that we're praying for, you know, is, is experience her back, experience opening the door and her coming in, or someone saying, I have your cat and you're able to get her back. Um, the thing, the thing is that there are often outcomes in life that are, as I said, not to our liking. 
And we don't get to just trust the universe when things are the way we think they should be. Um, we don't we don't have the vantage point to make that kind of determination. And um, it doesn't mean having trust doesn't mean, and I'm not talking to you about your situation, Carolyn, but just in general, having trust doesn't mean that um, we won't have tragedy, you know, that we won't have sadness or pain. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Bernadette. Wonderful to have you joining us and welcome to everybody else who's joining us. Um, Bernadette says no truer words spoken. Yes, we can have trust that things are unfolding as they should and it can we can still be experiencing great pain. Um, our suffering comes from that comes from deeply wanting things to be different, right? So we can experience pain without suffering. Suffering is sort of prolonging the pain through certain ways of thinking. And um, I know I've spoken this to you before, but some years ago I had the gift of being able to assist at an event with the Dalai Lama. And um, the biggest takeaway for me from that, and super powerful, is him saying that all suffering is the result of false conceptualization. In other words, when we suffer, which is distinct from experiencing pain, when we suffer, it, it is because of the way we are thinking about things. And so when I'm talking about trust in this grander context, to say, you know, I, I don't necessarily know how things are, you know, what, what the greater design is, if there is a greater design, but, or, and I, I trust that it's unfolding exactly as it's meant to. And that's a, it's such a hard thing. You know, we started the week talking about climate change and, and awakening, and we've been talking about leadership. And um, it may be, you know, that the, these cataclysms that are happening planetarily as a result of um, so much of our human actions, uh, but the, as a result of climate change, uh, that, that maybe this is nature's way of cleansing itself. You know, um, it's, bigger, it's bigger than humans, and it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a lot of pain and and struggle and um, tragedy, or that there isn't already. 
Um, and it may be nature's way of, of reinventing herself, um, reconfiguring herself, healing herself. Um, so it's kind of that level of trust that I'm talking about. And that doesn't mean it, like if I, if I, can say, well, I trust that nature is taking care of herself. It doesn't mean that I am inactive in doing what I can do to help shift things for a perceived better whatever that is. And I don't know that the better that I imagine is truly better, right? Um, I wonder I, how we, I, it's, I think it's a delicate step to step into trust while still making it an active rather than a passive uh, movement. That's, I guess that's what I'm, I'm wrestling with here is moving into trust as an active engagement rather than something that moves us to complacency or to inactivity. But um, to, to find inspiration and to move from inspired action rather than reaction, right? Uh, it, it all goes to deepening our connection and connection with source, connection with self, connection with nature, listening, listening on a very, very deep level. And in order to be a deep listener, whether it be of our souls, the voice of our own souls, or of the planet, or of each other, it means being able to get out of the way. It means stepping outside of our opinions and our beliefs and our predispositions to to step into a place of emptiness in order to truly receive and perceive what's there. And that's a lifelong journey to find that emptiness, to, to find that um, purity of being that allows life to move through us unimpeded um, to it doesn't mean necessarily uh, I know I said get out of the way but it doesn't mean to disappear because each of us is a unique vehicle through which life flows so it's not about disappearing it's about becoming more fully who we are in our essence, in the core of ourselves with, um, with 
the least amount of overlay, all the, um, I've heard people say the domestication, you know, that we've all been domesticated in, in that we've been conditioned and trained into certain beliefs and priorities and um, patterns that often betray our deepest essence and expression. And so it, it, there are, you know, there are a lot of social controls that uh, keep us in line. What will people think? What will people say? They'll be laughing at me. They'll make fun of me. They'll try to um, disempower me. All of those things are social controls that keep us in line, right? But what if, what if we just have a willingness to stand out in our in our quirkiness? What if we uh, um, what if we allow our freak flag to fly? You know, just like in in all of our in all of our um, individualized strangeness and celebrate that, right? What if we allow ourselves to express in that way that um, is uncamouflaged? So it makes me think, you know, I, I, um, I'm in the process of developing a course and so I'm taking a course on developing a course and that, you know, they reminded, they mentioned this, let your freak flag fly, which I've heard in other trainings. Um, but when we have a unique, we are, we each have a unique gift to share in the world. And by being true to that, we we are making our greatest contribution to this flow of life. At least that's my hypothesis at the moment here. So Rosalind says, so in trust, being passive looks like putting expectations. Oh, that's interesting, right? Like I'm trusting it's all gonna work out the way I want it to work out, right? While active allows any outcome, um, the active trust is living by virtues. Well, I think, you know, um, passive trust is also allowing for any outcome, but I think it is, you know, expectation. I, I don't, I, I, so I believe that we get to be engaged in life. Why not? I think that's what we're here for. And that's going to be expressed in a multitude of different ways, as many of different ways as there are different people right um so it's not i i'm i guess i'm inviting people inviting all of us to actively be engaged in who we are actively express that rather than trying to disappear into the stream you know rather than trying to um be part of the crowd 
you know, let's let's just embrace our our uniqueness. Let's trust that that's a gift that was given us to express. And so what if people make fun of you? So what if people don't accept you for who you are? There will be people that you'll find who do. And those, you know, it's interesting, like in marketing, it's really valuable to make your language in your marketing indicative of, of who you are and the people that you want to be working with because it not only attracts the people that you want to work with, but it repels the people that you don't want to work with. And that's the same in our expression in life, is when we express who we are, people can be mean. There's no question about that. But if we can allow them to have their vantage point and not have that be a reflection of our own worthiness, then, then we will attract the people that are in greater alignment with what we're up to. And I love, Rosalind, that you said the act of trust is living by virtues. Um, and I guess we get to look at what's virtue and what is virtuous, you know, because culturally, suffering has been virtuous, right? And I don't, I don't know. I think that that's something worth questioning. Um, I don't agree that suffering is virtuous. Uh, yeah, I, um, I guess that's a good place to stop for today. Uh, trusting this trust that we're talking about today is trusting our highest um, expression. And, and for me anyway, choosing to trust that things are unfolding perfectly allows me much greater freedom of being. And that's very much what I'm up to is a deeper experience of freedom in expression, in, in allowing life to flow through me, in, um, in being here. And so Carolyn, we're sending prayers that Flocky finds her way home and um, wishes for all of us to find that space of comfort or, or um, reconciliation maybe that trust offers. And uh, that's it for today. I'm Mira Rubin. This is The Core Connection. And I go live here on the Enlightened World Network Facebook page and YouTube channel each weekday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. And I invite you to check out the other awesome programming on Enlightened World Network and Enlightened World living Facebook pages and um, just have such gratitude. Thank Rosalind says, thank you for these topics. 
And I thank you all for your, your willingness and openness to engage in these conversations to hopefully unearth new dimensions of experience that might not have otherwise been present for us. So with that, until next time, so much.